you have to come out with integrity. If you just pretended you wanted to be my friend and you wanted to know about my daughters and then like, you know, 20 minutes later, no. And then when you try to coach these people, I, I do it out of the kindness of my heart. They block me and say, you know, I'm the fool. It's like, man, if anybody's trying to give me help, give me advice, I listen. I listen to constructive criticism. These people don't. Hey, everybody, this is Anthony for a new episode of Your Brothers Podcast. Today, my guest is Mr. Omar Medrano. Omar is an entrepreneur, author, and business coach. He has over 20 years of experience in business, and today he's going to share with us his success and how he faced adversity. Omar, my friend, welcome to the show. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you, brother. Thank you for the opportunity of being here with your audience. Awesome, man. So, Omar, I really like uh, usually with my with my guests to go back in time and look. Uh, let's go see Omar as a child and how this desire to be entrepreneur, how it came into your life. Was it something very natural, or it, you have you had to force it, like maybe in teenage years or something like that? Yeah, no, I wasn't born an entrepreneur. I couldn't even talk to you. I couldn't even talk to women. They thought I couldn't speak <laughs> English growing up. So yeah, no, as an entrepreneur, I wasn't one of those kids selling lollipops or selling pencils or anything. No, I thought I was going to be a, a basketball player or a baseball player for the New York Yankees. <laughs> Entrepreneurship happened because I, I realized if I work hard, I worked hard for so many unappreciative bosses. They weren't leaders. They were bosses. They were people that were selfish, that only cared about themselves, didn't care about their employees. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to work that hard every day, every night, 40, 50, 60 hours, and they couldn't even say thank you. Well, hey, that's that's how the entrepreneur in me was born. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. None of my aunts, uncles, my mom. So I guess it skipped a generation. But yeah, if I had great employ great bosses, I'd never be an entrepreneur. Mm, so you can be grateful in, on one side for all these people who are maybe more conservative and inside the box because it, it made you who you are. And, you know, I can also relate with that. Um, I had many jobs that maybe I, th I think most entrepreneurs, when they have those student jobs or little jobs, there this thing inside, like I cannot listen to other people like orders and command. It's very difficult to just accept authority as an entrepreneur. I, I would assume so. Um, so, did you have the chance to spend much time with your grandpa or he passed away when you were very young? No, just a couple of days ago, my grandfather celebrated his 98th birthday. Uh, he never wanted me to be an entrepreneur, though. He wanted me uh, he wanted me to fly jets to be a, a pilot, but I was afraid mm. of heights. And then another <laughs> thing that he wanted, he wanted me to be an engineer. Well, I'm horrible at math. I, I, I could barely pass college algebra. It took me like 10, 15 times, just joking. Mm. It took me like about six times to pass it. So I couldn't be an engineer. I couldn't be a pilot. So uh, the, I always loved sports and I was horrible at sports. So I got two degrees in broadcast journalism because I thought one day I would be a sports reporter. Well, I was, a hor I was horrible, I guess, or like what my first boss said, I didn't have the face. He really was saying I was you a minority. Yeah, well... He, he couldn't say you're Latin and Latins don't deserve that. He also thought I was a millionaire because everybody from Miami is a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, man. Well, oh my God. How many, 
negative well, here, prediction. I'll tell you something. You're, you're, from, you're from Quebec, right? I am That's from Quebec. My, my boss, my first boss is named Mike. He would always tell me he treated me like crap because he loved Miami Vice. And he thought everybody had a $100,000 car. Everybody lived in mansions. So he would make me work without a day off. And he would always say, Omar, quit. Quit this job. Give it to somebody that, that needs this job. Go back to your mansion. And I'm like, and this job was paying $15,000 a year out of college. And this, th that's horrible then, horrible now. It was last time $15,000 a year, $18,000 was good. It was like probably 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. But that's like me saying, Anthony, you're from Quebec. I know you sing good because if that's where Celine Dion is from, I know <laughs> you can sing. And this, this guy was my first boss. So clearly, everybody in Miami, millionaire, everybody in Quebec, you can sing, great, my friend. Great singers. I, I wish. I wish. <laughs> uh, I know many friends uh, who don't have any voice. And uh, yeah, but that's a good comparison. I think if people have those stereotypes, wherever you come from, and it's, it's very sad because you don't even give the chance to the person to, to shine like, like they are authentically. And no. if you had a passion for something, and especially with this kind of salary, like 15,000, nobody can be happy with that. Everybody will be in scarcity, will will think about how can I'm going to pay just food this week. And it's not a great place to be, to be creative and, and be the best version of yourself to to give the most value to the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but I have to thank him for being a horrible boss because they said they, you know, I, yeah, ultimately, thank you for that boss, for treating me horrible, treating me like garbage because I was lazy. So him making me work Monday through Sunday for so many weeks, months at a time, it made me want to become an entrepreneur because mm -hmm. I had to work weekends. I had to work holidays. I had to work my birthday. So I can't say it was a bad experience. Yeah, at the time it was bad. The only thing that I, I told him, we're Facebook friends, is I sent him a message a couple of months ago saying, I want you to know you disrespected my mother. She worked two full-time jobs so she could pay for me to go to college and pay out-of-state tuition. Now, I know he sent something back like, I'm sorry or I'm proud of you, but I didn't open it because it was insincere. Because if it was sincere, he would have never, he would have just sent it on his own saying, hey, I'm proud of you. Or I'm sorry for treating you like garbage, but at, in the end, all I have to say is thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, let's go back. So that was maybe more your um, your student years. Um, so were you employee for a long time in, in your twenties, or you you skipped to already entrepreneur in no. early twenties? No, no, no. Um, it's it, my journey to go from that horrible job to becoming an entrepreneur. The thing that after leaving that horrible job, I went to work for Jimmy Swaggart. I, don't, I, I know in Canada, you don't know Jimmy Swaggart, what but he, he, was, he was Joel Osteen before Joel Osteen. So I worked for a televangelist that treated me horrible. I was his producer, but because I wasn't non-denominational, he couldn't talk to me because I was Catholic. And he told me all Catholics are going to hell. And when I didn't convert, because I said... If my grandparents and everybody in my past are in hell, then why do I want to go to heaven? <laughs> so from that, I, I went into sales. I became a financial advisor, and I was good at selling for four years. And then I took a personal development seminar, an Anthony Robbins seminar. 
I walked on fire and my ex-wife and I, we were both in sales. We're like, hey, why, why don't we become entrepreneurs ourselves? Yeah. So you did the walk on fire thing for real? Was it painful? No, the walking on fire, everybody has, it's always mind over matter, Anthony. It's yeah. like me saying, you know, this is going to hurt. Success hurts, but being broke hurts too. You have mm. to go through something. You have to go through pain. You have to go through years of working. There is no microwave to success. Everybody wants to look in social media and go, oh my gosh, overnight success. There's no such thing as an overnight success. Your, your podcast is growing just like mine because on a consistent basis, you're doing the work. You're putting in the time. But everybody wants to hear fiction. Everybody wants to hear, hey, buy my book. And in three weeks, you'll be a millionaire. No, man, it takes time. It takes time. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's all, all, all I have to say about that one. Yeah. For somebody who is at the maybe rock bottom of their professional life, maybe we had COVID, maybe they lost their job. And you agree that sales is one of the best career you can have to make income back and like earn on commission on results. What else would you give as a tip for somebody who is a bit lost right now and maybe is listening to this podcast and is searching for inspiration to start something new? It can be a business maybe or just a, just a new job, but something that they never did before and how to get started when you don't know what you should do really. You know what? I can tell your audience inspiration. Inspiration is like taking a bath. It's only temporary. Things will not change until you feel pain, until your back up is up against the wall, until you feel like you cannot breathe. That's when you change. That's when you become better in sales. That's when you become an entrepreneur. But overall, nobody's going to change because they're right now, they're, they're just feeling okay. They're, they're, they know things could be better. Things could be worse. It's when you're at your rock bottom, when you have no money left in your checking account, you cannot charge anymore. That's when you change. But I can tell you anything you want to hear. Sales, you, I, we're all in sales, man. It, the better you can communicate, the better you can connect with people, that's when you start making more money. And if you are afraid to make new contacts because we are kind of conditioned by the society to oh don't speak sure. to strangers and don't do this and be quiet and how to just break this mold of decades and generation of playing small and being just average and going for the mediocre lifestyle the mediocre lifestyle is what everybody's aspiring for hey i'm one year away from two weeks vacation oh I get 4% increase in salary every year. Oh, and, and the best part is, <laughs> oh my gosh, I get three, I, I get Memorial weekend off or, you know, Canada day in, in Canada. Yeah, off. Canada day. Everybody, it doesn't matter in Canada, in the United States. So many people are working for the weekend, Saturday and Sunday off. Oh my gosh. And once in a while, there's Thanksgiving or there's Christmas or there's Easter and I get an extra day off. You know, comfort kills more than Corona, man. Comfort mm. kills because when you're too old, that pain of, oh my gosh, I wish I could have done something with my life. You, 
you can't turn back time. You should people. Everybody should have done something years ago, but the second best time is right now. Man, that's that's very powerful. So you think that comfort? So people who work and then want the weekend, it's a symptom of dissatisfaction for their real potential. Oh correct? yeah, man, the potential is lost because oh my gosh, I'm getting paid. I I I can go to Disney World once in a, once a year. I I can go here on vacation. I could go to Vancouver if I live in Canada. Oh, I could go to Toronto. Oh, okay, so <laughs> what are you gonna watch on Netflix? What are you going to watch on Hulu? Oh, my gosh. There's this great show on HBO. Oh, I can't wait to watch the fireworks. I can't wait to go to your picnic. Everything is about escape. The weekend is to escape because deep down inside, our soul knows that we should be doing more. We aren't living our purpose. Your purpose, everybody's purpose isn't to barely get by. To, to survive, to make other people rich, to make corporations rich. Our purpose is to be the best version. And every day I wake up saying, I want to be the best version of Omar Medrano. Plain and simple. Mm, that's amazing, man. What is the best version of Omar according to 2022 standards? The best version of me, who I am right now, is not to try to make people happy. I am happy. I used to try to buy happiness. Maybe this new Tesla will make me happy. Maybe if I write a book, it'll make me happy. Maybe if I, I go out with a woman that I grew up with, it'll make me happy. Maybe a, a new set of clothes, the Gucci, the Prada. And then I realize all that equal to nada. What makes me happy is when you wake up every morning and you thank God, you thank the universe for being alive for one more day, and then you say, I am going to make today an amazing day. And I know I'm going to make today an amazing day. There's nothing out there that I can buy or I can do that will make me happy. It's a decision. Anthony, you can wake up tomorrow. I, if I'm lucky, I wake up tomorrow and just say, today's my day. Today's my day. And to say that every day and make a conscious choice that today's your day. Yeah, man, you know how many times people wake up and, and they're, oh, they hit this. That That's something else. Never hit the snooze button. You know, if you need the five extra minutes of sleep, go to bed earlier. <laughs> go to bed five minutes, ten minutes earlier. Because if you keep on hitting the snooze button, how are you going to wake up and go, man, I can't wait to make all those contacts. I can't wait to hit the phones. I can't wait to make presentations. I can't wait to create the life I was always meant to be living. Because if you're sleeping and you can't keep on hitting the snooze button, well, five more minutes, five more minutes, that person's already defeated. He wakes mm. up and he's like, oh man, it's another Monday or it's another Tuesday or it's another Wednesday. Think about it. Now we have to have Taco Tuesday. We have to have Hump Day. We call all these things, instead, it should be called today because today mm. is everybody's birthday. Today, quit focusing on bullshit and focus on your life and create your life. And every day is a gift. Every day is a gift. That's that's beautiful. And I totally agree with you. Um, how important was gratitude for you when you were younger? Did you have already this concept of being grateful? No. Or you were maybe more like arrogant and complaining on things and it just backlash on you because of this attitude. 
Oh, no, man. Gratitude for me that you're, you're going to gratitude for me wasn't something uh, that 30 years experience as a kid. No, I always wanted more. I felt like I needed more. I chased money. I chased things. I chased people to say thank you or, or to say, oh, I'm proud of you. Gratitude is only something I discovered two years tops mm. instead of just being thankful. You know, I wake up, my grandparents are still alive at 98, 93. My mom's still alive. She's going to turn 70. I'm 49 and I'm still alive. I've got two teenage daughters, Lauren and Mia. They're going to be 15 and 17. Pain in the butts like most teenagers, but they're alive. You know, I'm alive. I can breathe. You and I, we're doing this on Wi-Fi, man. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. Huh? So many people don't have running water and you're going to yeah. complain that, oh, my gosh, I don't have the new 7 Series. <laughs> no, it's a, that's a good point. And, you know, I I live in a small apartment, but often when I go, for example, in the village where my, my wife's family lives and they have much humbler conditions, then I come back to home and I realize I am so fortunate to have my square meters. And if it's noisy outside, I can just lock the door, put the fan on, be in my bubble if I want to, but when you have nothing, if you can get in the habit of still giving thanks for what you have, this is just the beginning of manifesting your own life. And we spoke yesterday about this law of attraction that it, it requires action and work and not just, oh, kumbaya, I'm going to manifest a million dollars. You have to balance the actions, the product, productivity, proactive and receptive. So if you have the mindset right, this is a receptive mode, but then you have the proactive, the outside. And when you combine both, this is where the results come. You can agree with that. Oh, I can agree with that. Anthony, you're from Canada. I'm from the United States. We were born lucky. Yeah. Most people never That's have the opportunities we have, man. The yeah. whole world, the happiest people on earth are Fijians. And I've been to Fiji. It's also the poorest because you're just happy to be alive, happy to have company, happy to welcome you in to their, their, their floor, you know, their, their huts and all. While we're like, oh, my gosh, oh, I, I, I can't wait to the new Apple, whatever comes out. The AC or, is broken. Yeah, it's my, you know, something trivial. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I have to wait two years for the new Stranger Seasons. Two fours, <laughs> man. Oh, I, I went to the mall and they ran out of the, the shirt that I wanted to buy. You know, stupid <laughs> stuff that makes people unhappy. Oh, man, that's hilarious. Uh, because it's so true. You make this, this parody of people, but it's like so common to hear that. And I think it's just, it's a, it's a plague in society. It's like a disease that people... They will seek that, the, and the more they want it, the, the more they want in general, and the less they're satisfied with their own life. And I think there's a, there's a fine line between, okay, being grateful, we spoke about this, but wanting more. So you can be ambitious, want more, and be grateful at the same time. But most people just want material stuff that will rot, depreciate, lose value over time instead of having investments, yeah? And then they feel empty again, and it just the cycle goes on and on. How can we break this cycle, Omar? Is it just to find your path, to find your business? How to, to stop this cycle of, cons of consumerism? What do you think? 
the way to break the cycle of consumerism is just declare it, man. Just realize none of these things will make you happy. I should know. You know, oh, I, I thought buying a, a Tesla S and then an X or going to Europe a bunch of times or Hawaii or buying, going to Gucci and buying whatever pair of shoes, that's not going to make you happy. Chasing money as a goal is not going to make you happy. Think about it. Mother Teresa was happy because she was living her purpose, which was to help people. Our purpose is to be in service. When you told me, you asked me to be on your podcast, I accepted. I wasn't like, how many viewers, how much are you going to pay me? What's in it for me? Oh man, that's so many people. I will only help you out. If there's something in return, help out the world. That's the key to happiness. Yeah. And if people are stuck in the mentality that they need to know how many viewers and the fame, I think it's like, okay, if we have many celebrities who are like this, but other people are not like this, the, the difference is really much like how abundant do you feel inside versus how scarce you feel like, well, I'm not going to receive anything from this interaction, which is a lie because theoretically there's every time there's energy exchange there is value of something you you spend time with somebody and if you have an interaction verbally like this you can learn something at least one thing from an hour conversation for sure well anthony and in this people ask me what is success you know it's it's not dollars because somebody one somebody i grew up with said not everybody can be a millionaire exactly I've never said you need money X amount to be successful. Success to me is happiness. Success to me is you are willing, you can go to bed at night, happy, being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. it, it's never money because it's empty. Money comes and goes. People make a lot of money. They lose a lot of money. It, there's peaks and valleys when it comes to making money. My idea of happiness is, and success is you're happy. And at the end of the day, when you do die, people can say, he helped me out. I want people to mm -hmm. say, he helped me out immensely. Not, oh my gosh, Omar only helped me out after I stroked him a big check. Yeah. <laughs> Such a, Omar was greedy. And uh, yeah. Yeah, you have these, these stories of people like very rich and they die and there was nobody at the funeral. It's very sad. And. Of course, I, I don't want to be like is that. Is that successful? Because most it's people a, would say, hey, well, he had $10 million in, in, his, in his bank account. Miserable. Yeah? Nobody showed up. Nobody cared. End of story. They, somebody, they wrote an article about the person because he was wealthy. And then that's it. That's but it. He's, how a, he's a dash on the, on the tomb, yeah. Yeah, man. We, we, right now, Anthony, you and I are writing our obituaries. We are creating our legacy. I know I was born July 24th, 1973. I don't know when St. Peter, I don't know when Jesus, I don't know when my day comes. But right now I'm living in my dash and I can make, make it my life to be an amazing life. I can be that horrible guy that only cared about money, that only helped people out to make more money or... I want my legacy to be, he was an amazing father. That, that's the one thing that I want my two daughters to say is that 
He was a great dad. He was always there for me. And I want people in general, strangers, whomever go, he helped me find my purpose. He helped me Mm -hmm. live the best life possible. That's it. I I never said I want my legacy to be, hey, he he made $50 million. (laughs) But by the way, it's possible that you will make it because you have this attitude of, I will help and serve humanity. So you might actually receive this wealth, even if you say like, it's not as important. I have a question for you. So because you're a business coach with your clients, how do you combine this factor? Like, I guess most people come with very ambitious financial goals. And how do you explain to them that, okay, they need money and everybody will agree with that. We can have big 10x goals with money, but they need to have the vision with the love of humanity behind it. Otherwise it will just fall short. That's a very good question. A lot of people only think that money will make them happy. And then, and then you can do that. And once they hit that goal, they'll realize, is this it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I will take on a biz, uh, my, my clients if somebody just wants to make money and that's it. But I know at the end of the day, they're going to feel empty when they, they make the 1 million, the 2 million. But if they do have other goals in mind to help out their neighbor, to help out their family, to help out their church, then yes, that, that, that's, they'll, they'll realize they'll feel fulfilled yeah. because there's, if you, you, everybody can become a prophet, but don't be a prophet P R F I T looking at people. How much can you pay me? Yeah. I would like to speak a bit a bit about your um, franchise experience because I think this is maybe something we I haven't I didn't have yet any uh, any guests with franchise on my on my show and you had many stores. It was Smoothie King, correct? Uh, yeah, so how, I, I own Smoothie many... King and then uh, Supercuts. Five Smoothie Kings, two Supercuts. And you you sold all of them. Now you don't have any of them yet. I, I don't I don't have any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... My my one year anniversary. Uh, a couple okay, of days so let's go back. So let's go back at the beginning because I'm very curious between the transition of before life towards franchise. What was the initial moment like? I'm going to be a, a franchisee and I'm going to excel into this domain. Uh, the reason why franchise for for me and my and Millie, my ex-wife, were we were afraid that we couldn't do business on our own. Hmm. That. And, and, and that that's what a lot of people think. Granted, yes, if you're going to open up a hamburger place, it's easier five guys or McDonald's. Or if you're going to open up a smoothie place, Planet Smoothie or, or Jamba Juice or the chicken, Chick-fil-A, cookies. But in general, we all have the tools to succeed. You have to believe in yourself. The reason why I chose my franchise was emotional. It was because it was based in Louisiana and I went to school in Louisiana. I went to LSU. So I would tell people pick something and do something that you're very good at and leave your emotions out of it. And you, and you were good in the, so, but you didn't have any passion for smoothie by itself. Oh yeah. I I had complete passion for smoothies because (laughs) 
it, it was everywhere around me as an undergrad. I remember my my uh, the fraternity president taking me for my first time to have a smoothie. It, it felt good that I was going to put jobs back in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. It felt good because it was a product that I enjoyed 18, 19, 20, 21 years. It, it was always one of those things that one day, one day, one day. And then I guess when my ex-wife and I, we walked on fire, we realized when you say the road to one day, it's, it'll never happen. You have to, you have to say, you have to give your dreams a timeline and you have to take action. Because if you don't take action, you don't create a plan and you don't do anything, then that's 200 miles north of me. It's called Disney World. That's called Fantasyland or Tomorrowland. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So do you think like when you have a franchise, is it faster to to build this path or you think it can be slower, but just people are in the comfort of, I will have a, I will have a system for me, but actually it can be longer because they don't work on themselves as much or. It it depends. A franchise went, when I I got into Smoothie King, it wasn't the 1100 stores all over the country, uh, an arena named in new Orleans, the Smoothie King center. There was zero stores here in South Florida. What that's called is pioneers. That means you have to bust your butt to help brand, to help build a brand. Mm-hmm. Now, it's much easier now to get into Smoothie King than it, did, it was when when Millie and I did that 20 years ago. So it depends. It'll help you scale right now if you open up a McDonald's and then bam, second, your third, your fourth. But like, let's say you open up a, a brand new franchise, a hamburger that there, a hamburger franchise that there's only 10, 15, 20 units. It's going to take a while because you're going to have to build up. You're going to have to build out and you're going to have to create a name for the franchise. Now, that's what Millie and I did 20 years ago. And what did you learn at like biggest lessons of business as a franchisee versus being by like, on your own as a self, self entrepreneur, self-made? The, the, the biggest lesson that I learned as a franchisee is it's all them. If, they, if you're killing it, if you're doing great marketing, branding, and your numbers are through the roof. They're like, yeah, we did it's that. Us. We did uh, that. It's us, man. We did an amazing job. Be thankful because if it wasn't for us, you'd be living under a bridge. And then, when, or if you're in the red, your stores are bad. Every franchise has stores that are not profitable. Mm. You know what their help is? Their help is, so tell me. What are you doing wrong? You see, they never take blame when hmm. when you're losing money. It's always, what are you doing? What are you doing wrong? And why are you making the brand? They, they guilt you when you're doing bad, but they never help you. So hmm. it's either sink or swim with the franchise. So you don't really have, so it's also a fantasy that you will receive all these systems. Like it's not as good as people think. Like if I would like to, maybe like McDonald's would be, be higher it's all systems it's like the a to the z they give you the blueprint Mm -hmm. so if you you know zero about entrepreneur the you know they like whoops like if i don't know how to make a hamburger or you know all that or make a hamburger that fast that system you purchase the system at mcdonald's but but you're also paying a lot in in franchise fees and a lot of franchises too 
you pay on the back end, uh, like like they help you negotiate other stuff and they get kickbacks. They get kickbacks from the vendors, mm. which a lot of people don't know about. Ah, so at what point you knew it was time to leave this industry? Oh, I I was unhappy for years because the founder of the franchise, him and his wife sold to a guy, a Korean guy, and very selfish, everything went up. The cost of goods, mm. the royalties, the marketing went up. Uh, to build out a store, everything went up, and they started heavily discounting to create a higher gross, but the margins were smaller. Now, I had zero exit strategy. I was in comfort. But what I did was, what my ex-wife and I did, we voiced our opinion, a premium product you should never devalue. So yeah. what um, Juan Kim, the new franchisee, or the, the, what, what he did, the franchisor, was this is something that people don't know. They can kick you out of the franchise. And, and their way of thank you was saying goodbye. <laughs> so you got kicked out mm -hmm. because Both you spoke up. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they 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 kicked us out, but with the opportunity of you better sell your stores within three months or, or four <laughs> months. And, and it was never thank you for the twenty years. It was never thank you for paying enough to give us a a free Lamborghini every year. It was nothing. The day that I sold, crickets. Not even one phone call. Not even a thank you. Yo, really? they, they they kicked us out of the system. I wrote my book, What If It Did Work, and it was an infomercial. Thank, talking about it, his, pre, his COO, I'm like, this is all that I did, all the branding, everything that I, I helped out in the system for 20 years. And his final words to me were, I don't care. So that's why always have an exit strategy. And two, mm. always remember, when you're a franchise, you're literally – still just an employee because if you owned a mom and pop they wouldn't be able to kick you out got it man wow that's a harsh truth but it's better if people because you know my audience will be mostly people who are employees and they want to become entrepreneurs so if they can listen to that right now and they were thinking about opening such shop they can maybe think again and if they want to go this route at least get some as you said exit plan or get the right mentorship and be sure that you maybe you know the owner is better. Oh, uh, so the, you, the first yeah. thing, though, when you you become an entrepreneur, is have an exit strategy. Don't say I'm going to live forever. Don't say I'm going to will this to my kids. I mean, we had two daughters. We don't know if they wanted that years from That's now. That's the thing. <laughs> but, but, you know, people need to have an exit strategy. How long do I want want to do this? How long do I want to keep this? At what price do I want to sell? Have an exit strategy. One, number one thing to do. And you're going to have a lot of entrepreneurs. Well, oh my gosh, I don't have an exit strategy. The second best time to create one is right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that you're wearing your merch about your book. So what if it did work? You, you know what? You know why I wear my merch? Because it's what I am. It's called branding. When I owned my Smoothie King, I was always wearing Smoothie King stuff. It's funny. Travel soccer. I've never wore 
any of my kids' jerseys or the club because that's someone's business. Mm -hmm. I'm here to promote me, man. I'll wear 10X stuff. I'll wear Grant Cardone stuff because I'm a licensee. Yeah. And I get paid because I'm in Cardone Capital. But you see so many people, ah, advertise your business, brother. He, Grant's already rich. Anthony Robbins <laughs> is already rich. Juventus is already rich. Real Madrid is already rich. The Dallas Cowboys, why are you wearing a jersey when you're 40 years old? You're not a kid anymore. If you're going <laughs> to promote, promote your brand. Don't promote someone else's business. It's crazy. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, so I'll give you the chance now to speak more about your book because I think that the, the title is very catchy and very intriguing. So what can we find inside the book? What was the idea behind that? And are you happy with the result? The result of my book? I'm so happy with it. I've never wrote a book to sell because if I did, it would be fiction because that's the only thing that sells. There's no dragons. There's no billionaire into SNM. There, there's no dinosaurs. There's no wizards. It's a book on how to live your best life, how to overcome your fear. Anthony, I couldn't talk to you. I was fearful of talking. I was fearful of asking out women, fearful of rejection. How about if they said no? Fearful of opening up my own business. How about if I went bankrupt? People always focus on the negativity. They never focus on what if it did work. And that's why so many people are sitting on the sidelines in comfort, sitting, watching Stranger Things, watching Eddie Munson. They're watching Ruth at, on Ozark instead of living their life. So I wrote this. And if it makes one or two people get off their ass, then it's a success. Yeah. And... So if you are afraid of such, like, let's, let's take the social aspect. So you are afraid to speak with women, maybe you're afraid to speak for every, business. Every fear for Every fear. Every fear. Uh, fear, fear talking to strangers. My, but you, Anthony, you and I weren't born with fear. When you're a little kid, or a little toddler, and the kid runs, and well, he tries to walk and he falls, it's not like we say, hey, that's dangerous. You can't walk. Stay, stay there. We'll get you a wheelchair. You're going to be in the wheelchair the rest of your life. Nah. As a toddler, you keep on getting up because you have no fear. But then all of a sudden, your family, your friends, your neighbors, teachers, society, don't do this. Don't do that. They think they're helping you out. Oh, don't talk to strangers. Talk to strangers. How am I going to sell myself? How am I going to get a That's job? Strange. How am I going to get a date? Everybody out there is a stranger until you finally speak up. But yeah, or, or, you know, my mom, somebody who's going to touch me. Heck, now, touch me if you want to touch me. <laughs> there's always these fears. Fear, fear. God didn't create fear. Man did and jammed it all down our throats. Oh, it's, it's so nice to hear that because, like, for me, even recently, I, I start to connect more with people yeah, from 10X, but also on LinkedIn. And I, before, I could be more afraid of just, reach out to some stranger but now as you said I, I realized this person maybe is waiting for me to contact her or him you know okay yeah, anthony perfect example you asked me to be on your your podcast yeah. right a yeah. complete stranger what's the worst that could have happened i could have ignored it right or say no my loss right it, it could have been my loss the second thing that could have happened 
was I could have been an idiot. I could have been a jerk because I was having a bad day, or I could have been just a mean guy in general. That's not you. That's not Anthony being bad. That's nothing on you. That's me. I'm having a bad day or I had a bad year. Worst case, you could always ask again later to see if maybe I'd say yes. We always focus on no means I'm a bad person or I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not attractive. No is just temporary. No is just two letters. No. Okay. Well, you're lost. Let me ask you again in in a month (laughs) or two if you want to be on my podcast. That's the worst case scenario. Yeah. It's it's funny. I I also reach out to some people and some of them are more hostile. Like, no, I want to say many of them. So if somebody is stressed and it's quite obvious that they have a, a load of things going on right now, I really am very calm and I say, okay, I'm going to follow up with you at the end of August or beginning of September. There's no problem. This podcast is a long-term process. I'm I'm in there for a long run. And then it's like I disarm people. Like if they feel stressed because of the moment in the day and they, they spit out on me like, oh, blah, blah, blah. like it's an offer. It's an opportunity. There is no rush to do it. And then like when they see my reaction, like, huh, well, I guess my problems are not so bad after all. It's, it's just they could release this in a moment. And I, I'm not, I don't care about, I, I can't be the recipient. I can be there just to hold space for them because I know it's nothing personal. So that's something I could take very personal in the past when I was selling insurance door to door. And I was like, no, no, your company is horrible. They screwed me over. And the, I was, I remember once I was crying in my car, man. I was like, this is the worst job I ever had. What am I doing here? But I was taking so everything personal because everybody was against the, the company, which has a bad reputation, but it's, it was all about me. But, but you see, you took it, per, I, I, I went door to door sales too. Yeah. I, I, and I get it. And you, and you know, role playing, I, I love when people want to role play the company. Role playing is not the same as literally going out there because, you know, somebody's like, ah, role playing. I mean, they're not me. When somebody's telling you to go F off, to get off, get out now before I kick your, you know, what? police. <laughs> yes, that's reality. That's not yeah. role playing. Isn't that or who are you? Who are you? Are you a Jehovah Witness or are you a Mormon? Yeah. <laughs> so that it. Just think about it, man. That, that's how people sold the back then. I'm, I'm a little older than you, but here in this country, door to door, encyclopedias, um, vacuum cleaners, everything, man, steak knives. Just that, that takes a lot of courage. And, and when I see Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons, man, more power to them. The, mm. And you know what? Those kids are going to be great salespeople because if yeah. they see the door being slammed in their parents' face and in their face at an early age, the sky's the limit. But I, I did. I had one. He's the the tailor. He he was on my podcast. He was the ta- he's the tailor of Grant Cardone. He <laughs> makes his suits, and he told me that it helped him out because he flew all the way from Dallas to Miami without an appointment and he 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 was relentless and he he got an appointment with them and he made them a suit wow and and that's how he became his 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 tailor so he was so confident in his skills and in like his unique service no yeah but but that was because you see 
he was born into that that experience you and i we're not jehovah witnesses so we mm-hmm. weren't like at three four five you know getting getting the door so he was ahead of the game while it, it took us a lot longer in the process because i know i would have done that i, yeah. I don't think i'd, I'd still do that <laughs> Would you, yeah, would you do it again if you had to, like, if you were forced to do it? Would you go and knock doors? Knock on doors? Yeah, yeah. because it's a good workout. And at the, I don't take it personally now. In fact, yeah. I would laugh. I, 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 I was like you. I was like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Who am I? What am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be like, I, I'm educated. I have a college degree. Why are these <laughs> people so mean to me? You know, do, is it my suit? Am I too young? Yeah, is it because I'm Hispanic? Why, 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 why? Yeah, you know, I'm only here to help. I'm not here to sell them. <laughs> And that's the thing I saw. I learned about sales when I was knocking doors. Is like I was, I was being reproached that I was getting too close to client, building too much rapport. And not going for the sale. And I know it, it was true. I was not shark at all. I was not closing. I was building this rapport for 30 minutes. And I became a coach right now. So maybe it was my natural tendency to speak with people and listen to them. But it was going way too long. And like, you know, this fake rapport. Like, oh, you like football. Oh, you like uh, art. And you like this. I learned something. But there was this closing part missing. Do you have any tip for people who are maybe afraid to go for the close, but to mm-hmm. not feel as aggressive and just you, you're there to give something of value to your client. When it comes to the close, you're never too aggressive. That feeling that I'm being too aggressive, that's on you. That's because that's how you feel about the sales process. Mm. Never feel like you're aggressive. You're there to help. You're selling something that'll solve that person's problem. One, yes, build rapport, connect. Always be upfront. I'm here because I want to offer you. I am going to show you. Always have the price, always have the sale in mind. Give them your intentions upfront because it'll also show, well, maybe it's too expensive. Maybe this product isn't a fit for that person. So why are you going to build rapport? Why are you going to connect with somebody and then take 20 minutes, 30 minutes? Oh, by the way, would you like to sell? No, they, they were already sold or unsold. And so I think most company, most companies, they don't do that. They, they keep the price at the end. So do you think that's a big mistake of? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A huge yeah. mistake is to keep the price at the end. At the end. Always have it at the beginning, man. Even emotional selling, selling timeshare, which is horrible. They get you because, oh my gosh, this is so, I need to take my family on a vacation. They'll, they'll love me forever and then I can will it to them and then they can pay like $10,000, $15,000 a year and fees. They give you the, the, the sales offer at the end. It can be too expensive. There's no, well, you know, it's only $600 a month, $700 a month. Be upfront, man. That's like those people trying to sell crypto or Forex and they want to be your friend. You ain't my friend, brother. You're a stranger. <laughs> You're a scammer offer. most of the time. <laughs> yeah, don't ask me about how my day is. Give me the offer. Give me the yeah. benefits and the story. 
Do you want to do it? Yes or no? Sales 101. Let's not beat around the bush. Mm. I want to cover just a, a couple of minutes about, so yeah, Forex, crypto. Why do you think there's just a, a pandemic of people trying to reach out to us? Like in, in me, since I'm in 10X, it's a lot more. Before I had zero of these, now it's like almost every two days I have people. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Why do they have to give? Well, why do they do doing this? I don't understand. Um, why people try to sell Forex, crypto, or uh, I have a health plan to make you look like Lou Ferrigno or Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a side hustle, man. It's easy. Somebody told them you could make millions of dollars easy overnight selling crypto, selling Forex. No, man. And, and then quit being, quit pretending you're Mother Teresa. This is zero integrity when you say, yeah, oh, I'm already a, yeah, I'm already a millionaire, man. I just want to help people out. I just want to help you out. No, you don't. You're trying to sell me, man. If you're a millionaire, you're just randomly DMing 200, 300, 400 people a day and talk about a low close, man, because they're too busy. Hey, how's your day? Oh, did you watch the game yesterday? What's your horoscope? No. Quit pretending to be my friend. Give me the offer. Do you want to know more about it? End the story. Yeah, if you could broadcast this message on all Instagram, it would be it would be nice. I think because I, it's it's quite annoying, and of course, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. But I feel these people, it's again, it's a symptom because they want to get rich quick. They want a quick side hustle, and instead of actually building something of value and taking the time to make connection like we're doing right now, creating relationships, as Greg would say, contacts make contracts. Yeah. So if yeah. you if you meet people and now we met twice, we don't know in two years, three years, five years, well, how can be the network and how it can expand. But we didn't have you know, any intention to sell you. Stage. Yeah, you, you, you can have an opportunity and you ask me or or, or I'm on someone's stage and say, who else do I know? We're, we have a relationship now, but you yeah. didn't tell, you didn't pretend you weren't you weren't asking me, hey, I see that you're a Leo. Or I see that <laughs> you like Grant Cardone. Do you like ice cream? How, how, <laughs> how's the weather like over there? No, man, you were honest. You were upfront. You told me what you wanted. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. But that, that, that's, you have to come out with integrity. If, if you just pretended you wanted to be my friend and you wanted to know about my daughters, and then like, you know, 20 minutes later, no. And then when you try to coach these people, I, I do it out of the kindness of my heart. They block me and say, you know, I'm the fool. It's like, man, if anybody's trying to give me help, give me advice, uh, I listen. I listen to constructive criticism. These people don't. Mm. Did you have other good mentors? So, we, of course, we have Grant as a common mentor, but who else really, and Tony Robbins, who else influenced you a lot, maybe in more local way around you? Around me? Yeah. Let's see. Some of my mentors. Well, some of my mentors are, are, are the big guys. Grant Cardone, Anthony Robbins, uh, Brendan Burchard, and I'd, I'd say um, Evan Carmichael. Now, on a mm. local local level was uh, my grandfather. For a man uh, from, to come at, at Columbia in, in the early 50s, 1952, I think, to the United States, to South to South Florida, Miami wasn't Hispanic by any means. 
didn't know the language, came with four kids, had an extra kid here, and created a life. It, that's that's what courage. That is getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. People are afraid to move somewhere to get a job, but yet this man moved to the United States legally. I don't want people to think. Got mm-hmm. a job, became a U.S. citizen. It, it's the American dream, man. Capitalism 101. I don't know why people now love socialism. <laughs> my mentor on a local level. That's cool. That's cool. So grandpa was a big influence. And uh, are you trying to to teach your, your daughters the same principles that he taught you? Uh, yeah, my daughters, since the moment they were, they were born, Millie and I, we've been in personal development, business development. Where uh, other people in their soccer, travel soccer community, oh, hey, let's talk about the game. That's white noise, man. Worst case, best case, they can get a partial scholarship at soccer. We talk about marketing. When we're driving somewhere, this would be an amazing location for this business or that mm. business. Or remember that, look, that, that restaurant that we ate at. What did you like? What was the customer service? How did you feel they upsold us? We talk stuff like that. We talk about personal development, business development. Yeah, they're way ahead of the game. It, it, it took me all the way until to get who I was. I, I had a late start because my mom never believed in personal development, business development. A lot of Hispanics don't. Yeah. They all believe it is what it is. Life sucks. Suck it up. So do you intend to have a bigger impact on Hispanic society, uh, like Hispanic demography in general? Is it like in your, in your long-term oh, yeah. vision that's, to have that? That's one of my, one, one of my purposes is because, yeah, I, I just got, went to a business boot camp. The only Hispanics mm-hmm. I saw were people serving. Mm. <laughs> I saw only a couple. I went to Unleash the Power Within. That first one was in Miami. Hardly any Hispanics. I go to Grant Cardone. Yes, he has Hispanics working for him, but Hispanics just don't believe in in business development. They don't believe in personal development. So yes, that's why I built my stage, my podcasts. I yeah. I want to show Hispanics that yes, we belong. You can evolve. I I am a perfect. You know, look at me. I couldn't talk to people. Am I of sound mind? I don't know, but I'm always growing and I want people to know you deserve a seat at all these stages. Yeah, you deserve to, that's good. And if you okay, if you want to start your your brand and uh let's say I don't know. So you have your your book and coaching. Um if it's something that you have never done before, do you recommend to find somebody in your city which has already the success and just try to model and try to work for free maybe? Or well, what is a you, good path? You said it best right there, modeling. Mm-hmm. Anthony Robbins talks about it. Grant Cardone, Zig Ziglar, everybody, Jim Rohn. If you want to find success at a faster rate, not a microwave, not, not on Instagram, what you do is you find somebody that's in the same industry that you're doing that's years ahead that's already successful and you ask them and more than likely if they're successful they live in abundance mm-hmm. hey can i buy you a cup of coffee can i buy you lunch can i buy you dinner that's how i sped up the process my first mentor was nelson perez uh smoothie king franchisee that one of the first stores here in south florida 
and he was only a, a year, seven months, eight months, nine months ahead. All they'll do more than likely is say yes. But the thing is, just ask. And so many people are afraid to ask because what if they say no? Yeah. And uh, I know you had some coaching with Grant uh, many years ago and like a one-on-one -on -one session, which is now a lot more expensive. What did you learn from the, what did you learn from the man in this time, like specifically for your business that maybe is uh, still valuable today? Any visit. I, I had a visit recently. It's it's the energy. It's the energy. When you're in a room with these people, you feel it. We all have energy. We all have vibrations. Kick it up a notch, man. I saw Zig Ziglar. The man was already old, getting ready to die, and he was still on stage helping people out. Mm -hmm. Be a voice. Help people out. Be part of the positive change. People want the world to change, but they have to look within. You change yourself. You change your surroundings. That's what I learned going, being with the Grant Cardones and the Anthony Robbins. They don't do it for money anymore. They do it because they want to see a better world, a happier world. People are broken, but it's because they choose to be broken. Mm. And is it mostly because of the environment or you think some people can be just really broken? We're broken because we choose, man. Yeah, we we should choose to be victors, but we'd rather be victims. We'd rather say, because of this happened, because of something happened 40 years ago. My, my father left before I was born, never met the man. I could have used that story. I could have gone mm -hmm. to see a shrink and what, talk about? I've been a, an adult for over 31 years, man. At, at what time, at what point would I have to take accountability? Everybody has a day, every day, every decision, every day they wake up. Do I choose to be a victim and live in my history or her story? Or do I choose today to quit the bullshit and do something different? Do I choose today be a leader? Do I choose to, today to be strong? I am a leader. I am strong. Use affirmations. I am success. Quit crying because nobody, nobody is going to save you. Nobody really cares if you're crying and you're... Oh, man, because everybody has their own problems. That's exactly. Why on Facebook, oh, my gosh, my, my, my boyfriend left, my girlfriend left. Okay, we're, we're sorry for you. Next. They feel this much empathy for you. Yeah. But, you know, people, people live in their misery. People have plenty of problems. And what are some powerful questions that you can start asking yourself to reprogram your brain to not be a victim anymore? Questions to reprogram your brain? Yeah. Why, why, why does the same things keep on happening to me? Instead of saying, why does this always happen to me? What can I do differently to have a different outcome? Hmm. Hmm. Why do I keep on going out with the same type of male? Why am I going out with the same type of female? Why am I in doing self-destructive behavior? Am I not worthy? You see, everybody, everything is, why am I only with narcissists? 
I am so bad at money. I am unlucky. Why do I keep instead? Why do I keep on doing the same mistake over and over? And I never learn from it. All I do is keep on repeating the same patterns. We keep on repeating the same patterns because we never learn. So you believe in the power of the why, just the why yeah. in a non-victimized non way. You the, the reason why there's people that are way more successful than us is because they ask themselves better questions. They, they, they never play victim. They always take a step back. They, they, they collect their thoughts and go, how can I do this different? Mm. What can I do to learn from this? They're never like, oh, my gosh, I lost all my money. Oh, he left me. She left me. No. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's like the person that has to say they're divorced. Well, how long ago? Oh, 20 years. And you're still you're still living in that. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, 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 that's your story. You know, I, I don't tell people I, I say I'm divorced. Just because I don't want to confuse people by saying, you know, my ex-business partner or, or you know, my wife. When it's somebody a fact, just a clarity fact. Yeah, it's just to clarify. But I don't say, hey, I'm Omar Medrano. I'm divorced. Yeah. And some people love to do that. Yeah, they just oh, tell yes. the story to receive the pity, to receive the, because the fake. Yeah. They live, in, they, they live in their past. I say history because it's a man. But a woman is her story. She keeps on living in her story, playing victim. People, it's a pattern. When you keep on living in this, this pattern, it's a circle. You can't escape. You're going to do the same mistake over and over. When you take a step back and you're like, why do I keep on doing this to myself? Don't I deserve better? When you reflect, you go, that's not me anymore. That's the old me. We, we, you and I don't have a, a time machine. We don't, we don't have a DeLorean with a flux capacitor. So <laughs> I only talk about my past to, to motivate, to inspire, to say this is where I came from and this is where I'm at. But people instead want to live there in the past. Well, my brother took all my money. My this happened, that happened. Was it yesterday? No, a million years ago. Okay, well then quit, quit talking about it. And how do you write a better story then? How, how, do, how should they write their story? Yeah, a better story. How to start writing a new story to, today. To write your story, to write this new chapter, what you need to do is you need to throw out all the old chapters. If it was a record player, it was a record, what you do is you scratch it out so it can never be played again. You break it or you can scratch CDs. They still have CDs, I guess. You throw it out. You know, you don't out of sight, out of mind. Mm. Right now, you are born August first, twenty twenty-two. This is you're you're a day old. <laughs> I like the the past. That's the past, man. I don't people. Whenever I say, "Oh, today's my oh, hey, happy birthday," no, I was born again. I am a product of all my mistakes. I am a product of every decision I ever made, the good, the bad. You and I are both here right now based on every decision, every inconsequential decision that we ever made. That's something, when you start to think about that, it's 
every relationship takes so much more depth and meaning. Yeah. Like for me with my wife, knowing that she, so I live in Georgia. I had to be born in Quebec first to be bilingual and then to be interested in foreign languages and then have internet and then have WhatsApp and then have the courage to come here and then face a new religion, face a new culture, all these decisions to just, and I'm here right here, right now. Grateful but for you my went life. outside your box, man. Man, I had no, no box. Everybody <laughs> that you were born, or everybody in your group, or let, let me guess, since you're from Quebec, Roman Catholic, they speak French, mm-hmm. English with an accent. But Catholic Compl- is not important. Like We don't care about religion in Quebec so much. Well, dude, welcome to Catholicism. Most Catholics, we don't yeah. care. But that's yeah. non-denominational. That's people. But Catholics, we only go to weddings and funerals and baptisms when it comes to and Christmas if we if we feel like it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so if if it's a social for social media, if you can check out the box that you went to St. David's, then you go. <laughs> but yeah, but a lot most of the people you grew up with are still there, right? Yeah. Still complaining. Oh man, we need our independence. Those that mm-hmm, independence. that's true. That's true. Ah, oh, that Trudeau. Ah, oh, we need. And you know, it's the same thing. You go out if you you flew back home and you had you had a a beer, a Labatt's or a Molson, <laughs> <laughs> right? It would be no, like if you never left. It would be the same stories. It would be the yeah. same complaining. It, it would be like you know. And then what happened? Hand. When you become super famous and super wealthy, they're gonna be like, "Oh, that Anthony. He always thinks he's better than us." And <laughs> you know, he's so lucky. And they're 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 gonna be like, "That that Anthony. You know, he was so lucky. He, I Arrogant. Think, I, I think his parents big were ego. wealthy. Or oh oh yeah, ego. He doesn't oh, even yeah, talk to you anymore. Yeah, yeah. Look at him. Look at him. Big shot. Big shot, Tony. Yeah, big Tony. Ah oh, man, it's a, it's such a journey. Like when you think about everything and being okay with your decisions and not regret, because I don't live with regrets. I really believe everything I did, even my, yeah, even my drug time. years were okay. I learned so much from the dark, the dark, dark they made side you of who me. You are man. Absolutely. Yeah. The only time a person should a person should have zero regrets. Let let give regret to those people that never lived their life that wish i wish i could have started my own business i wish i could have done this i wish those people but no man i i went on a a date once this was like a woman kept on asking me if i could change one thing in my life what would it what would i change the the real answer would be like not be here on a date with you but (laughs) she kept on asking and i kept on saying nothing because if I changed anything about my life, maybe I won't have my two daughters. Mm. Maybe, you know, every little thing adds up to who I am. So, yeah, that, that's a stupid question, you know, because Same we don't know, with- right? You yeah. don't, if you never did drugs and you were, you know, perfect. Never made. It would mistakes. be so boring, man. I would be so boring. Just like people, please. Would you? Would you be? Would you be in Georgia right now? 
Probably not. Your life would have been completely... Of course not, because I had to take drugs to then do martial arts to then discover the language platform to meet my wife. Exactly. It was all a sequence of events. Yes. Beautifully designed. And, and that's, that's what it is. Every little... That's why I say people think every decision might seem inconsequential, but everything has led us to right here, right now. Yeah. How about if I wasn't on... If I wanted to be like so many social media break, you know, and they have to say, oh, I'm going to be social media break for a month. Okay. And I would have, I, I would have never met you. We would have never yeah. spoken yesterday. We would never. So you see every, everything, man, the, every little thing has to line up and everything does line up. There's no coincidence in life. There's a reason for everything. 100% agree with you on that. So, Omar, we're close to the end. My last question for you, my friend, is if we go fast forward five years, it's 2027, and you and people go back to your episode in 2022, what do you want them to remember from your, from your episode? What is the wisdom of your life that you feel is the most powerful and that can leave an impact in people's mind before they leave the show today? Five years from now, this is what I want people, if they listen. Take action, man. Instead of watching Netflix, or you can watch Netflix, take time out, half hour, and write down what you really want out of life. And be honest with yourself. Have complete clarity. Now you have your action plan. You need to write down an action plan. If you said you want to lose weight, be specific. I want to lose 22 pounds by, don't say it tomorrow, don't say next week. Write an achievable, attainable goal and write down what you're willing to give up because you have to give up every, something from the good to become great in anything. That's how life works. To be a better speaker, you have to speak, but you have to give up watching TV so much. So just do that. Live your life. Live your life as if there is no tomorrow. Hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you very much, Omar. So, thank so how can we connect with you if people want to follow you to say thank you for this episode? They want to listen to your podcast. So now is the time you can market yourself. It's your time, brother. Put I'm always marketing myself, man. I always yeah. I know. Myself. I know. <laughs> That's right. Everybody, market yourself. You're All selling day, every something. day. Every day you're selling something. How do you find me? I'm Omar Madrano. I'm public. Remember that. Always be public. If you want everybody to know that you're eating at Benihana's or that you're at Nobu or that you're at these expensive restaurants, let everybody know, man. That's why it's called social. Why be private? So Omar Madrano on Facebook, Omar Madrano 73 on Instagram. Uh, there's a fake account. Uh, don't don't friend him. He'll probably try to sell you crypto and Forex <laughs> like everybody else. And if you have a question, just like Anthony, he asked. As long as you're not selling me crypto, Forex, or say that I look like crap and that you can make me look like I'm Mr. Universe, I will <laughs> answer your question. Any question. I'm like St. Jude when it comes to personal and business development, the patron saint of lost causes. My podcast is the same title of my book, What If It Did Work? If you have Facebook, join the group, What If It Did Work? Free videos. Other people might sell you on the group. There's about close to 600 people. Videos on how to market, 
personal development, business development. You'll see plenty of videos that I've, I've done. You'll see podcast episodes and I'll never pitch you. If, if you need any help, you know, you can find me. Got it. Thank you so much for this, man. It's really, I'm really grateful for your, your passage on this uh, episode. It was a great hour, 11 minutes quite a long show but it passed so so fast because when you're in the flow time disappears and i that's why i love this project i think it's one of my life mission to just host people like you so we can have a good time and people will be at home and they will feel at home with us on the show even if they're alone or with the whole family it doesn't it's, matter we have connection we have rapport it's easy to do because you listen what and that's the number one thing on selling if you want to be a better seller if you want to be better in life connect with other people listen to other people don't step on them and always want to say whatever you have to say and and, and both of us want the same thing man we want to see everybody succeed yeah it's abundance money wealth success love everything's in abundance for everyone so 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 true man so for me guys uh this is anthony river your host for the podcast your brother's podcast will be is on youtube already Apple, Spotify, you can follow me personally on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And uh, Your Brother's Podcast will have, no, has already a Facebook page, Instagram account. So subscribe, like, share with your friends and family. And if you want to support me financially, you can click the Patreon link below to give us a bit of help so we can raise the standards of the podcast. And I will talk to you soon. Omar, you're the man. Thank you so much, man. See you next Thank time. Thank you, brother. And it, okay. it's not goodbye. It's just for now. Well, it's a see you, see you soon. Exactly. All righty, brother. Absolutely. Ciao.